Farmers are the heartbeat of rural America. Congress recently invested $20 billion in America's farmers and ranchers, focusing on conservation practices and profits for future generations. Today, these funds are at risk. You're squawking over $20 billion, that USDA program. It's investment into the future for everybody. If the funding was eliminated, it could hurt farms and families. Tell Congress, protect this generational investment in the Farm Bill. Learn more at investinourland.org. Paid for by Invest in Our Land. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another edition of Politico's Nerdcast. I'm Scott Bland, your host. This week, an all-Muller edition of the show. We're going to unpack some fundamental questions from Thursday's release of the redacted report by special counsel Robert Mueller. Did the president obstruct justice by obstructing an investigation into obstruction? Lots to unpack there, obviously. We're going to talk about why the report doesn't reach any conclusions on that question. Special counsel Robert Mueller and Attorney General William Barr don't seem to quite see eye to eye about this. And we're going to talk about what's next. How will Congress act on this report? And, of course, we're also going to talk about the central question that launched this investigation in the first place, Russian interference in the 2016 election. Quick note before we begin, as always, we are recording this on Thursday afternoon, Eastern Time. So we've seen all the presidential tweets and reaction up until then. All right, let's get started. I want to welcome our guests. We have two of our congressional reporters here in the studio. Uh, Kyle Cheney has been neck deep in this Russia stuff for the last few years now. Kyle, thank you for making the time on such a nutty day. Thank you for having me, Scott. And thank you as well to Melanie Zanona, a congressional reporter, author of Politico Huddle, morning newsletter about Congress, and a first-time guest on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for doing it. All right, time for our first data point. <laughs> That's the sound of all of our weekend plans coming <laughs> crashing down. A special audio data point. That's the sound of 400 plus pages of Mueller report in two volumes and four appendices dropping on a desk here in our studio, just to give you a sense of the gravity of the situation, pun intended. Uh, Kyle, you've been digging into this thing. Summarize what we learned today about Russian interference in the 2016 election and about how the president reacted to the investigation into whether his campaign had anything to do with that. We learned a lot today. A lot of blanks were filled in about, uh, I mean, maybe at its most essential, its most fundamental, that the Russians conducted a massive plot to interfere in the election. Um, And we learned Mueller's conclusion was that no American conspired in that effort, uh, uh, something that makes the president very happy and his allies very happy. But there's a lot of uh, seamy and questionable actions within those findings about things the Trump campaign did to solicit help from uh, Russians, things they may have done unknowingly or done uh, that they probably shouldn't unethically. Um, but and not then, illegally. But not I necessarily guess, illegally. At least they couldn't establish that. Uh, Mueller also described difficulty getting answers to some of these questions, so suggested that things could look very different if they had gotten all their questions answered. Uh, and then secondarily, um, or maybe not in terms of the legal side, uh, the president took a number of actions that could constitute obstruction of justice. Uh, Mueller's decision not to recommend a charge in that case was not necessarily because he didn't have the evidence, but because there's a lot of technical legal rules about whether a president can be charged uh, and whether he it was in his... With any crime, not just with, with any crime justice. at all. A president cannot be indicted under Justice Department rules 
But essentially, uh, he felt bound by that and then felt that even if he informally suggested the president obstructed justice, that would unfairly tarnish his ability to govern. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit more about that later. Melanie, what was your big takeaway from uh, the document released today and the reporting that, that you've been doing around it? Well, aside from those two things that Kyle pointed out, I think this report really paints an unflattering picture of the White House, a chaotic White House with aides being told to do one thing by the president and then them turning around and not doing it or trying to walk the president off a ledge, whether it was President Trump telling Don McGahn, his legal counsel, to fire Mueller or telling Priebus, Rance Priebus, to go ahead and try to demand Jeff Sessions' resignation. You just saw time and time again this pattern of a completely dysfunctional, chaotic West Wing um, and an impulsive president. And an incredibly impulsive, angry president. You know, one of the reactions he had when he learned that the special counsel had been appointed, he swore and said, I'm, you know, screwed, except not in those <laughs> terms. Uh, you know, and I just think that it just shows um, the behind the scenes, you know, the turmoil that this White House has really been under since this uh, special counsel has been appointed. It's a good point. It's something we've talked about on the show a lot, but we've kind of gotten used to it in a way that just seeing it laid out in, in 400 plus pages, again, in, in very colorful detail, as you just alluded to, kind of, uh, re, you know, re, re, reopened the, the, the feeling of just how unusual that is. Well, and just to that point, this is confirmation of a lot of news reports that were either denied at the time oh, or, or may have just provided snippets and these provided really full contextual detail, you know, very vivid details of these interactions uh, with sworn testimony by some of these very aides who, you know, we haven't heard from in months or years, but were telling the special counsel a lot of inner secrets that were going on in the West Wing at the time. Right. The question now for Republicans is, can you still dismiss this as fake news? I think we can go back to a lot of these lawmakers into the White House and present some of this information and try to get their reactions because at the time, I think it was really easy for a lot of them to just say, oh, this is fake news. You know, I don't believe this. We're not going to respond to this. But now they're treating this report as the gold standard. Republicans are. So I think it's a lot harder to do that. Mm, That's a great point. Um, so, so some of the most compelling parts of this document are about the obstruction of justice questions, right, Kyle, as, as, as you just pointed out, and the president's actions while he knew uh, he was being investigated for obstruction. Melanie, you just, you just brought up uh, one of the especially compelling, colorful parts. But Kyle, are there any other things that really jumped out at you as... Yeah, I, I mean, th- one of the things that uh, we've been wondering was, you know, because the president can't be charged with a crime under Justice Department's uh, standards, uh, what what Mueller would do with any, with any of this evidence that he collected. And he seemed, you know, this is, this is one of the murkier parts of the report, but essentially uh, he determined and he show, broke down the elements of an obstruction of justice charge uh, and said Trump, in many cases, some of the actions he took, like asking Don McGahn to fire Mueller, met all of the prongs of what you would use to charge someone with obstruction of justice, but then just said, I'm not going to draw ultimate conclusions. Those were his actual words because of those technical restrictions. So it sort of kicked it to Congress. He even said, actually, it's Congress's job to uh, solve these sort of thorny issues around whether a president using his lawful authority as president uh, acts corruptly. And that's exactly where we're going to see Congress zero in on, is the obstruction of justice charges. You're not going to hear them talking about Russia in these investigative probes that they're continuing. You're going to hear about obstruction of justice, and that's what they want to focus in on. They think they have a lot of ammo, not just because the report says it's up to Congress, but they're looking at these different instances and saying these are clear patterns of the president trying to interfere 
in this investigation. And that rises to the level of obstruction. I think the bigger question is whether it rises to the level of impeachment, um, which just talking to members in the initial aftermath of the report, they're saying not so fast. Even Steny Hoyer, one of the Democratic leaders, said, I don't think it's worth impeaching him because they do understand the political risks, even though this report was pretty damning on the obstruction of justice report. What you're describing to me sounds almost like they're planning uh, impeachment hearings just not in name. Basically, that they're investigating an impeachable offense, but they're they're not going to call it that. I mean, is that is that is that right? That's sort of what the Judiciary Committee has been gearing up for. They even prior to the report, they had put out letters uh, to a number of the same witnesses Mueller interviewed, asking for documents and interviews about obstruction of justice. So they were going to retrace Mueller's steps in some ways anyway. Now they're armed with all this information, a lot of which we it was brand new to both them and to us. Uh, that basically says Trump committed all the elements of an obstruction crime. So. Uh, what they may find and what they may do with whatever they get in their investigation if they're not going to go down the impeachment ro- impeachment road is – that's a, a, new, a legitimate question for the Democrats now. Um, but they are certainly going to uh, hammer on this issue. Melanie, what's the what's the timeline going forward here and which committees – is it is it going to be kind of spread out uh, among all the, the committees in their various jurisdictions and in the House of Representatives now or is well, it going to be concentrated? There, there are six different committees that have been looking into a lot of these things. Oh uh, we were told that immediately after the report they were going to start to divvy up different things in the report and figure out which panel has jurisdiction, where there's overlap. But I think the first things you're going to see is number one, Chairman Jerry Nadler of the Judiciary Committee wants to subpoena for the full report and all the underlying evidence. And number two, they want to haul in Mueller to testify. They gave him until May 23rd, I think, is when they said they want to see him by. In addition to the testimony, they're already slated to hear from William Barr. So there are some things in the immediate that we will see in terms of action. Uh, But I do think there's some broader questions and things that these committees will have to really sit down and figure out as they digest this report. And sort of in the the interim, I think you're going to hear a lot of uh, just a lot of fury, a lot of anger that Democrats have at Attorney General Barr for what they think was his sort of spin on the Mueller report. I mean, he, remember, he's been sitting on the Mueller report for a month, redacting it and sort of reviewing it. Uh, and he put out his initial sort of assessment of the report a month ago. Uh, and it really painted a slightly different picture than what Mueller did, especially around obstruction. So now they're ang- Democrats are furious that they think he put out a very friendly narrative on obstruction for the president a month ago, which is now settled in Americans' minds. Uh, and they think he, is, he dramatically misled Congress on that in multiple ways. So they're going to spend the next couple of weeks awaiting his testimony, probably screaming about w- how they feel lied to and misled by him. Let's talk about that a little more. I mean, the, the report sheds new light on a lot of things, right? These colorful stories a lot of the the backstory of this this chaotic White House, especially after the investigation got going. But uh, one of the things the report sheds light on is how the Trump administration has used that knowledge gap over the last few weeks, like you said, where the Mueller report had been turned into the attorney general, but no one else, the public had not yet seen it to defend Trump and kind of lay lay the groundwork to to defend him uh, from what was within the report. And so I thought there was a really interesting episode at... uh, Barr, the attorney general, at his press conference this morning, he was asked about why this question that you brought up before about why Mueller chose uh, not to charge Trump or say that he wasn't charging Trump with with obstruction. Here's the question. We don't have the report in hand. So could you explain for us the special counsel's articulated reason 
for not reaching a decision on obstruction of justice and if it had anything to do with the department's longstanding guidance on not indicting a sitting president. And here's Barr's response. We specifically asked him about the OLC opinion and whether or not he was taking the position that he would have found a crime but for the existence of the OLC opinion. And he made it very clear several times that that was not his position. But that's a little different. I mean, it's 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 technically true, but it's a sh- it's a few shades different than what Mueller actually wrote. Right. He, he, his quote is given the role of the special counsel as an attorney in the Department of Justice. This office accepted OLC's legal conclusion for the purpose of exercising prosecutorial jurisdiction and decided that it wasn't going to say anything either way. Right. And Mueller sort of gave the impression, even his earlier letter to Congress about this, that Mueller almost didn't didn't. Uh, wasn't just was undecided on obstruction, and really Mueller had decided very early on that he was not going to make a final determination. His argument, and which Mueller spells out in his report, was about fairness. Was was basically in a normal prosecutorial situation, you charge someone with a crime, and they have a chance to defend themselves and clear their name in court. If he were to suggest that the president committed a crime without and, without him. being able to indict him, then that allegation just sits out there while the president's trying to run the country, never has a chance to clear his name, never has a chance to use the protections that criminal defendants get. Uh, and therefore, there was no uh, scenario in which he felt comfortable issuing a, d- a judgment that the president obstructed justice. But he very clearly said, I also can't say the president didn't obstruct justice because the, the information we gathered uh, lead, doesn't lead us to that conclusion. Uh, so this is not this is far from what Barr was saying uh, in terms of right. Obviously, one side of right, that got right. a lot more attention from from William Barr in his mm-hmm. in his public pronouncements over the last what three four weeks. Right, exactly, and I think a lot of Democrats are really now seizing on Barr and his handling of this report. And you've actually heard a couple Democrats come out and say that he needs to resign. And I think it's easier for Democrats to to focus their fire right now on William Barr as opposed to calling for President Trump impeachment. Um, I think it's a lot easier for them politically. Uh, it's an obvious thing for them to latch on to next. Uh, he doesn't seem like he has a lot of support in the Democratic conference right now. Not that he did very much beforehand, <laughs> uh, but, you know, the performance day certainly sealed the deal. And and it really seems like in, I mean, in, in this section, particularly about obstruction, that Mueller really, really does seem to have intended for Congress to consider picking up this report and doing something with it. There's a part of the document that says the the idea that Congress could act on the obstruction question, quote, accords with our constitutional system of checks and balances. And that that seems he does not seem like he wanted to like put the words impeachment in in the document, but there's really nothing else that it could be referring to. And this right? points to another area where I think members of Congress are justifiably uh, frustrated at what Barr told them, because he was asked a couple of times, did, did Mueller want Congress to settle this question? Barr said, no, that's not what he said to me. Well, maybe that's not what Mueller said directly to him, but in his report, as you point out, he makes clear a couple of times that Congress was the venue to settle some of these questions. All right. Well, obviously, plenty, plenty still to go on on this story. Uh, I'm sure uh, every everyone wants to read it uh, back, back to front a few times and and uh, try and pick up all the little nuances over the last few days. So I'll let you guys run back to it. Kyle Cheney, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. And Melanie Zanona, thank you so much for being here thank as well. Thank you. And as always, a big thank you to you, our listeners, for tuning in this week. Our producer, Micaela Rodriguez, is off this week. Dave Shaw is producing the show. Our illustrator is Bill Cookman. 
If you like the Nerdcast and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, do us a favor and leave a review. It helps new listeners find the show. Once again, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.